Hello, 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 and welcome back again to Are You Bored Yet? I'm Ame, and uh, with me is Akshansh. And um, even though Larry David says you can't say Happy New Year after Jan Seven, we <laughs> wish our listeners a very, very happy 2023. And um, just, uh, just to explain that we're not dead. We just got busy, and we're back again. Um, life happens and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's been a while though. We we haven't recorded since what second half of twenty twenty two. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think we last recorded in like September or something. Yeah, and our last release probably was like July way back or late yeah. June. Yeah, but we did so well on that release, <laughs> so we, we were really like, yeah, did. yeah, we're like time to uh, time to rest on our laurels for yeah. a little bit, and yeah. a little bit just uh, kind of got out of hand. Yeah, yeah. Shout shout out to uh, our previous guest uh, Nandita, whose episode was actually released. Uh, and <laughs> I found the time to edit it and release it. And that episode, I think that was the one on Top Gun Maverick, ended up being mm-hmm. like our most uh, heard episode ever. Uh, we do have another episode with another friend, uh, Sid, uh, and we talk about the bear, which will be coming up soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping this time I can get around. I'm to hoping editing. by the time this episode gets to editing, that one's already out. Yeah, yeah, it will be. I'm, I'm sure it will be. Um, I, I think I'll make it happen. Uh, there's a long weekend coming up. I, I should have time. So all mm-hmm. good in the hood. Uh, but yeah, happy New Year to everyone, and hope everyone has been safe and did not get COVID and or the flu, uh, and just had good vibes, uh, dranks, friends, uh, fam, love. All of the above, all of the above. Yeah. Okay. So, what are we talking about today, Amma? So, um, today, where I got the idea for this episode was I was watching like one of the best movies of the year between uh, like Christmas to New Year. You know, the void space, as they call. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so then I was like, okay, maybe I can watch like one really, really good movie every day between now and the new year. And that sort of snowballed into this episode, which, uh, we're going to use to just talk about some of the best movies of the year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and, it's... uh, yeah, I don't think this list is exhaustive by any means because there's a bunch of stuff we haven't watched yet. So this is just a list of things that at least one of us has watched. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 as he said, by no means an exhaustive list. It's, uh, it's it, there are movies that we still haven't watched which are on our list that we will end up watching in 2023 but these are some really awesome movies uh from 2022 that i we feel you should uh, uh check out and i think we've already done individual episodes on on two of them uh, mm-hmm. as as you can imagine top gun maverick and and uh, everything everywhere all at once would feature in this list as well for both of us but there are some other gems that uh, release later in the year um that we ended up watching and and thought that the this is just amazing and I feel like twenty twenty two was a was a was a good year for movies. I, in I, yeah, I I felt that way like through uh, midway through the year I'm like damn the movies are back. Yeah, the movies are back. Uh, God bless uh, Scorsese and uh, Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what uh, what is the first movie that we're going to talk about today? Ooh, the first one is going to be a fun one. It's one of the recent releases from Netflix, um, the godfather of all streaming services, uh, mm-hmm. and it's Glass Onion by Mr. Johnson. Uh, Amir, How do you, do you pronounce start? his first name, Akshant? Is it Ryan or is it Ryan? I don't, I'm not too sure. 
just because I'm Indian, I'm inclined to say Rian. <laughs> Same. Let's let's call him Rian for the duration cool. of this episode. Yeah. Or or we could just call him Mr. Johnson, but let's call him Rian. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, you mean? <laughs> no, not Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not digressing into a whole Black Adam, uh, you know, shot by shot analysis in this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, Mostly because that, neither of us has watched. So has watched it, but I'm pretty sure that even if we do, it's not going to be nice. So. Anywho, coming back to Glass Onion, uh, what was your impression of the movie? Um, my main takeaway from the movie was this is fun, and I would watch like this uh, guy with this inexplicable accent do this yeah. thing for like at least six more movies. Yeah, yeah. So that was my main takeaway, and even though um, this movie was fun, I still prefer the first one more than yeah. this, and. Um, I don't know. It was still fun. That's yeah, no, uh, it, it, that's my takeaway. It was fun. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great movie. I, I loved it. I, I actually surprisingly enjoyed it more than Knives Out, which I did not think I would. Mm. My only uh, beef with the movie was that uh, uh, it it sort of it, it it wasn't very efficient as 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 we discussed before the the, the recording. That it wasn't very efficient with its use of the second half, where it like rehashed a lot of the things that had already mm-hmm. happened in the first half. And from Rian, I guess we have—I've come to expect at least a certain sense of efficiency mm-hmm. uh, in in how he directs and how he writes his scripts, and uh, it seemed a bit uh, indulgent. But then again, like as I said before, as well in our individual discussions, that it's his pet project, and you know, directors and their pet projects—they they seem to get a bit indulgent, and it's still fun in games. So like, it's nice, and and I really like the whole cast. Like, he he has a very good eye for like picking the perfect people for the roles that you know um, mm-hmm. that he has for uh, them in this in this particular Blanc universe, and um, I I hope we get to see at least, as you said, like a couple of more movies in this universe <laughs> because it's just so fun like it's just like one of those old you know well made uh, movies with no like pretense and it's just like a good old fashioned hood in it and yeah it's yeah it it, really it nice. kind of just scratches that uh, agatha christie kind of itch yeah and just like fits that whole mold really really well true true uh, yeah glass onion was amazing personally i would rate it probably four out of five uh mm-hmm. if ame's rating is to go by on letterboxd i think it was three or 3.5 out of five am i wrong i think it was 3.5 3.5 no yeah <laughs> cool so yeah ame would rate it 3.5 out of five and uh yeah i don't rate any movies on letterboxd so i'll just tell you that it's a four out of five and uh yeah you guys should catch that uh for sure it, yeah it's uh it's on netflix so yeah easy easy clap yeah easy clap we don't need to like uh, suggest any of the other nefarious less, uh... yes less scrupulous ways of <laughs> accessing yeah. media on the internet yeah um cool so that that wraps up glass onion and uh, we now will delve into something which is kind of funny kind of depressing and then just a whole lot of bleak and <laughs> this is of course uh, martin mcdonough's um amazingly amazingly directed movie uh banshees of inisherin mm-hmm. um or rather the banshees of inisherin mm-hmm. uh, i mean uh again what are your takes on this movie because I, I i find it very hard to describe my uh, my experience after watching this movie so i'm, <laughs> I'm going to get up. heavy spoilers here but 
Yeah. I think it, it was uh So basically the movie is about two friends and mm-hmm. one of them suddenly realizes that they're running out of time in life and then they just like stop being friends and mm-hmm. um if that's not a universal experience I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't have enough time left, so yeah, quits. I'm calling yeah. it quits on our friendship. I'm just going to go focus on my hobbies and shit yeah. and like not waste time talking nonsense with you. So <laughs> Yeah, uh it is it seems funny while well, we both are laughing. It is a very funny premise. It is kind of like an absurdist take on 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 uh, how men are unable to, you know, process or talk about any emotions of at all in general yeah and yeah. as two brown men here uh, <laughs> i think we have some experience in that department hopefully getting better but who knows uh, mm-hmm. anywho but but uh, yeah it, it's a very uh, it's a very absurdist take on relationships but man did he direct the hell out of it it's it's amazingly uh, shot the the on screen uh, the the location where it's shot is beautiful the actors mm-hmm. are amazing Except- it's supposed to be set on a fictional uh, irish island right yeah 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 um and right from the get go you feel the sense of isolation uh just because how vast mm-hmm. the island is and uh, how how many uh, inhabitants there are which is to say there is only a couple of them it's not a very uh, active uh, you know uh, place to live in yeah yeah uh, there's like a handful of people they all go to the same bar uh, the pub they all go to the same uh, place to sh- uh, get their groceries they all go to the same there's just one you know place to get their letters i think the place where you get your letters and your groceries is the same place mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. that should tell you how how small this is in scale and how tight knit the community is there's this creepy older women uh, w- woman rather who's just walking around giving uh, passing these uh, Ides of March, beware of the Ides of March type of uh, kind of know, omens, predictions, crystal ball readings. Call them yeah, what you will. Yeah, uh, it it is everything about it screams that it's a Martin McDonough movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I love him in general. The way he directs, it's it's a very uh, no no frills sort of direction. Um, and and the kind of actors he picks. I mean, again, these guys uh, being paired up uh, again. again uh, after in bruges is just uh yeah it's really nice to see in general just because of the kind of chemistry they had in that movie as mm-hmm. well and mm-hmm. just seeing them return in like i wouldn't say it's uh the same but yeah. it's it's a very similar setting where they're like isolated from the world and just mm-hmm. like uh dealing with interpersonal drama and mm-hmm. uh, they've both just acted the fuck out of this movie seriously so yeah I, uh, yeah Yeah, both Colin and Brendan deserve deserve nominations for this. In fact, even Barry, uh, I can't pronounce his na- last name, I, but I love Keoghan, him. Keoghan, I want to say. Ke- Keoghan, okay. Keoghan, yeah. Keoghan. So Barry Keoghan also is in this movie, resident favorite actor. Um, and uh, Kerry... Shout out to the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out shout out to Reeves Joker. Uh yes. And, and there's also uh, Kerry Condon, I think, mm-hmm. uh, who plays... Uh, Colin Farrell's uh, sister in the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, both of them amazing actors deserve nominations for for this role. Um it's it's a fun movie. It seems stupid. I wouldn't it gets... say it's a fun movie. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, right? Like I think actually, you know what? I think it's a fun movie. It gets serious and then you realize it's been serious all along. Like it starts I... out 
as as like oh yeah this is just you know what the fuck like it this seems like an argument that you could easily resolve uh-huh. uh, and then you realize what is the essence of uh Brendan's being and and why he wants to be this way where where he doesn't want to talk to Colin anymore mm-hmm. um i'm using the actor's actual name here these are not obviously the names in the movie it's very uh irish uh, extremely irish names that yeah. you probably butcher <laughs> yeah so let's just not even try um uh, yeah and and it seems uh, just fun and games but then it eventually devolves into this absolute mess of emotions and people existential angst all over the place yeah people having existential and people leaving um, what people... adds i think to the existential dread is that mm-hmm. the irish civil war is happening in the background yeah, while yeah. this movie is happening yeah. so that gives yeah. you like an idea of the time period it's supposed yeah. to be set in and i think that kind of adds to uh, brandon's character's like sense of urgency where he's like shit True. i haven't done any of my art i haven't composed anything great i haven't made anything that people will remember once i'm gone True. and i feel like that's a super universal feeling mm-hmm. yeah no for sure and and uh, it reminded me of in in a in an interesting way when i was watching that when when you get that exposition in the movie right like when mm-hmm. you understand his reasoning behind why he wants to be this way or why he's choosing to take certain decisions i found a lot of uh, damien chazelle's uh, whiplash woven into it in the sense that there's also that um, argument that this guy has right the guy from top gun i'm sorry i'm just blanking on names today but uh, miles teller yes thank you so miles teller has this conversation at the dinner table i remember with his parents uh, or relatives or some 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 shit and he's like mm-hmm. you know what I- i'd rather die at a young age and be remembered for all the contributions that I've made to music then I live you know a boring life till like 60 70 80 mm-hmm. uh one question I did want to ask you though what do you what did you think about the end of the movie because I've had this discuss so okay yeah but but before you answer that question just to give you some context uh I watched Glass Onion and uh, and uh Banshees back to back from 1 to sorry 12 to 2 in the night and then 2 to 4 mm-hmm. and then after 4 I ended up having a discussion with someone about the ending of the movie mm-hmm. and uh person shall not be named but uh he did not really like the ending or was not too I guess happy with it what mm-hmm. but I want to get your take um I was actually perfectly happy with the ending because it's it, we see the roles kind of switch where uh, mm-hmm. we go from uh Brandon Gleason's character hating Colin Farrell's character to just it being vice versa with Colin Farrell hating Brendan Gleeson yeah because uh, his favorite pet donkey dies because of Brendan Gleeson's actions yeah and there's just a whole lot of um revenge i guess happening from Colin Farrell at this point where he lights uh, the other guy's house on fire and yeah <laughs> it just kind of uh, i would watch a sequel <laughs> See yeah exactly yeah see it is a funny movie we laugh and and that's the weird thing about Martin McDonough movies where like it's, it's a tragic the, comedy right it's like Exactly yeah that's yeah. the word tragic comedy uh um, and he's done it so well like he's done it in in Bruges he's done it for three billboards outside uh Ebbing Missouri he's done mm-hmm. it for um now Banshees of Inisherin and it's just an amazing director who just like takes raw emotions and just somehow extracts them in the purest form and then mm-hmm. gets these amazing actors to play these amazing roles uh, usually yeah, and, all of these emotions kind of come with a heaping uh, side of anui so yeah yeah 
of course wouldn't be wouldn't be a martin movie without it mm-hmm. uh yeah and I, even me like you know i love the ending it was really nice uh i like the sort of unresolved nature of it mm-hmm. uh which i think was more in tune with what the movie was trying to tell us that there's no neat ending here like you know exactly yep this is just not going to, to end up like nicely conveniently tied up in a bow at the yeah end. which it's is going to go on yeah which is what i like which is i think kind of also indicative of like the civil war situation True. it's kind of analogous True. to that so like hmm. yeah 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 amazing movie for me 4.5 out of 5 um, i think this is a five stars for me amazing yeah so as you can see this is a combined 9.5 out of 10 please watch this uh it's on hbo max currently if you don't have subscription of course there are other means which i think it's be. on disney plus in canada oh oh okay look at yeah, you that's why yeah Fancy. that's why i watched it. oh disney plus and banshees jesus what <laughs> i know it's, it sounds unholy but <laughs> <laughs> disney really wilding these days with the uh, movie selections and yeah. with their stock prices <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, tough times um oh mm-hmm. speaking of uh, absurdist but uh, highly heightened takes on on things i think the next mm-hmm. movie is a fun one i watched it last night <laughs> uh ame has seen it because he loves one of the actors in it uh <laughs> plus he really likes i i'm sure he likes that genre as well uh but it's a horror adjacent uh well made uh decently directed movie called the menu um i i have some thoughts but uh, once again ame how about you go first um i enjoyed it mostly because i do like a lot of the people uh, associated with it like mark myler is like a regular on succession he's one of the uh common people who directs a lot of yeah. the episodes yeah. and i think the movie is produced by adam mckay as well mm-hmm. um so it's just like a lot of the people who work in genres that i like like dark yeah. comedies so that kind of translated over to this really really well yeah and uh, like the subject matter itself too is incredibly funny and just like it's very uh, for lack of a better term i'm going to say it's slightly quote we live in a society vibes <laughs> but <laughs> in a good way yeah no for sure yeah and it's true i think that's the best descriptor for the movie like we live in a society vibe uh for for me i think it was a cool concept movie um mm-hmm. i i it, it could have been some things could have been different uh, i feel like certain uh, takes where there was humor or certain takes where there was supposed to be a seriousness and somberness it didn't quite add up a lot for me personally uh, and then again uh mark is an insanely good director uh, i love his work on succession i i have been a succession stan since like the first season begging everyone to watch it but i think what makes succession better than this obviously which is a dirt thing to say even is mm-hmm. the fact that there are a bunch of episodes there right mm-hmm. and uh it's not a movie if succession was a movie i don't think it would fare well in that format because there is only so much humor and seriousness you can pack in the same movie and only so much you know dark humor you can pull off uh, without uh, making it you know without reducing the stakes uh, mm-hmm. i feel like the menu could have been a better tv show than a movie 
like i would have loved to watch like a, a limited series four parts six parts something like that where like you get a, you you get even a backstory on the chef like remember he mm. talks about the mother yep and then the yeah so again spoilers here like he talks about the mother talks about uh, how his life yeah he, he had an abusive dad and stuff like that I'm not going to get into too much of the details and give too much away but that's an aspect of it there is uh, a set of people who are committing financial fraud uh mm-hmm. like all these finance bros um so automatically you hate them but mm-hmm. you could have got gotten a bit into the details of of what has happened how their uh, boss is now the angel investor for for this uh, very expensive meal uh, mm-hmm. and this very expensive island and and restaurant on this island uh you could have had a backstory on the husband the very old husband and and uh, uh i think taylor joy's character at mm-hmm. uh, Ma- margo mills Uh, yep and um, yeah you could have had uh, an episode on the, the guy who is now starting to pitch food uh, tra- like travel log food ideas to to a network a washed up actor mm-hmm. um and it all could have made much more sense and it could have come in more cohesively uh, but it it's still an enjoyable watch i like the horror esque elements of it uh, not it's not direct horror right but it's like yep It, it, kind of like a... psychological thriller mm-hmm. adjacent yeah yeah so there there's this unnerving sense in in how how uh, claustrophobic the whole setup is and there's this bunch of like 15 20 people or more um chefs uh, uh kitchen folks uh, security people who are dining all in that one compact room so from that perspective amazing movie very very uh, brave of someone to direct it in just one room right like no changes it's all mm-hmm. about like people in the room and uh, the power dynamics there but yeah again i feel like this could have been an amazing mini series like i would watch the menu like any day if it was a uh, it was a mini series but it's a movie it's okay it's not the best thing i've watched from last year but it is also not the it's good worst. enough to make this list so yes it's good enough to be on a list where people should you shouldn't miss it it's it's an yeah. experience yeah yeah it's it's something interesting that they've done and not everything yeah. worked but yeah. the parts that did were pretty were really good yeah. yeah i remember this one part of the movie where uh, i think a bunch uh, one of those finance bros is like so uh, the chef ends up quoting um, i think martin luther king I think and so, yeah. uh, the finance bros like did he just quote uh, Martin Luther King. Everyone's like, oh, "Yep, he did." And it was it's just this funny moment where this absolutely uh, psychotic uh, chef is is quoting one of the greatest human beings to walk on this planet, which uh, is kind of funny. But yeah, uh, uh, if I had to rate the movie, uh, let's see. Uh, it's gonna sound harsh. Actually, you know what? Three out of five. It's not too harsh, I guess. Three out of five is not harsh. Yeah, mine yeah. would probably be three and a half. So, pretty nice. good. Pretty good overall. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, But uh, you kind of have to like enjoy the genre to enjoy this movie. I think. Yes, definitely. Yeah, you can't just walk into this and be like, oh yeah. If you don't is... like dark comedies, this is probably this not is not for you. you. Yep. Cool. Uh, speaking of, uh, since we have started venturing into the horror uh, domain, mm-hmm. there is well, I don't know if this is horror, but it's definitely. it made me feel a certain way <laughs> we are probably going to now talk about nope um uh, by our favorite uh, director jordan peel mm-hmm. uh released much earlier in the year uh very very interesting movie uh, a lot of symbolism as is very common with jordan peel's uh, characters in movies um 
I, again, don't know how to sum up my experience for this, just like Banshees. It's very difficult to distill it into a simple, uh, you know, sentence or a set of sentences. But Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I'm going to cop out again. And why don't you go first? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, I actually watched this twice in the theater. So I'm like, Nice. There was so much going on the first time I watched yeah. it. I was like, okay, I must see this again because I'm sure there's things I've missed. And mm-hmm. the second time I saw it, I was like, yep, still it, it stands up to that level of scrutiny. And I'm like, yeah. Um, how does a movie that is uh, part horror, part uh, sci-fi thriller, part western, mm-hmm. part comedy work? And this is this is the answer to that. And yeah. It feels like the movie's trying to do too many things, talk about too many ideas, but they kind of flow really well together. True. It's, uh, I guess the main theme of the movie is spectacle and how we kind of have this uh, perverse fascination with capturing it, looking at it, and just like yeah. gawking at it, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. No, th- that's that's true. And, and it's... It's interesting you use the spectacle analogy, right? Because they talk about that in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that there is, a, again, spoilers here, there is a TMZ uh, recorder who shows up when he finds that there are these very weird uh, uh, UFO-type sightings happening in this uh, place in America. Mm-hmm. And for no, for, with complete disregard for their own life, they end up like trying to uh, race this particular quote-unquote monster in the sky. And uh, it just goes on to show how obsessed the current culture is with with uh, just uh, performing Likes and yeah. eyes and mm-hmm. uh, just virality, I guess. Yes, no, that's a good word. Like just performative nonsense. Uh, mm-hmm. And then another, again, another weird double feature. And I feel like I start, have started doing this a lot where I think of a movie and then I think of another movie with similar themes and I'm like, oh, they would make a good double feature. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, the one that we were talking about before this, I forgot where I said it reminded me of uh, Chazelle's Whiplash. Oh, Banshees. Banshees. Yeah, Banshee and Whiplash, I think is a good double feature because it sort of is a similar uh, vibe as to, you know, uh, okay, we are talking about art that transcends the artist and transcends time mm-hmm. uh, set against like a very uh you know frictional uh background where there's like either a war happening or there's like attrition between uh the different characters uh, mm-hmm. here i feel like nope and weirdly enough i feel eighth grade by uh bo burnham is a good double feature because mm-hmm. uh while nope talks about the uh, complete obsession with virality like oh we need to get these likes we need to get these comments mm-hmm. um eighth grade on the other hand does the same thing but in a very different tone where they have this very you know uh, young uh, child low on confidence low on self-esteem and associating all of their self-esteem to like the likes and the comments that they receive on their posts uh, on social media and uh it's it's a it's a good movie in its own right but anywho it's I think the genres are quite different in the sense that this is horror, sci-fi, western, <laughs> what else? I don't know. A bunch of other things. And mm-hmm. Eighth Grade is just like a almost coming of age story. But I, but, I think... Uh, the, but yeah. I think I, I get where you're coming from with the analogy because, mm-hmm. again, it's all about like attention, the attention economy yes. and eyeballs. And yes. in one in Eighth Grade, I guess it's about growing up in that uh, kind of environment where you're constantly under a microscope. Yeah. And yeah. uh, 
nope obviously is about just getting rich of like having people uh, see this impossible yeah. seemingly impossible unreal fantastical thing yeah that you very much know is real yeah yeah it it, it and when, while i was watching it right like they talk about that uh, gorilla i forgot his name yep. what was his, what was his name from the movie do you, do you remember um, um yeah cuz even i don't <laughs> I don't remember the name but uh, this is like a TV uh, chimpanzee. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Gordy um, I think. Yeah, I think it was Gordy, you're right. Yeah. So Gordy yeah. uh you know uh, I think it's taken off of a real life incident when something did happen in some stu- in some studio somewhere where they were shooting and this animal wild animal got loose and they um ended up injuring uh, some of the staff members that are probably mm-hmm. killing them unfortunately. Uh so it was fatal. and the same thing happens in the movie and then you see this guy who has seen it as a child grow up and then ex- exploit that particular tragedy to earn mm-hmm. money for his family and himself mm-hmm. which is i don't know if it's a beautiful thing or it's a twisted thing but it's it's something <laughs> but i mean isn't that the world we live in monetize your side hustles or <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it is it just makes you think a lot of uh, a lot along the lines of how the current economy of again as you said it, the attention economy works mm-hmm. um, and then if you don't have attention you could be doing some really good stuff but no one really cares mm-hmm. and there's also this uh, you know idea of like you have to be like a kaboom you have to have that kaboom kind of moment and then capture it and then sell it because that's how mm-hmm. you like create your clout on on the internet on the metaverse or whatever uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so interesting movie for sure very interesting movie so um what's your final rating for this i think 4 out of 5 very well made made me think a lot of things i'm going to give it a 4.5 because i'm starting nice. to appreciate horror as a genre more and more and i'm seeing this as like a future classic already nice yeah no for sure i think this is one of those movies that will survive the test of time Mm-hmm. um and sort of like wine get better with age although i don't know anything about wines i just know that they, they get better with age i i just know colors by the way <laughs> red uh, white and rosé pink. pink yeah um, anyway moving on to the next movie on the list <laughs> oh yeah this uh, i have no idea about but ame is uh is absolutely head over heels in love with this movie uh it's called after sun so ame why don't you obviously take this up um where do i even begin with this movie <laughs> the cast <laughs> so uh the cast i guess uh, people probably know paul mescal who plays uh, the father mm-hmm. in this movie from uh, normal people mm-hmm. and uh, there's a child actor whose name is franky corio so these are the main characters in the movie so it's basically uh the movie is uh, play is kind of like a playback of memories in mm-hmm. a certain way from the child's perspective of mm-hmm. a trip that she went on with her father mm-hmm. and um there's uh there's not much else i can say without spoiling the whole thing so i'm not going to say much mm-hmm. but uh, it's shot in a really fantastic way and it feels very very personal the way it's shot like it's kind mm-hmm. of found footage but not horror um it's memories playing back from this yeah. uh, in this person's head 
and uh, it feels like you may or may not have had this kind of an experience in your life that you kind of uh, have sort of half repressed in your head just like mm-hmm. the things that happened or you probably didn't know what was actually happening at the time and after like maybe years or even decades you're finally processing it and you realize oh shit this was yeah. what was actually happening and this is kind of one of those and it it just hits really really hard um i don't know if uh, like our listeners know what vaporwave is as like a genre it's mm-hmm. it's this internet subculture where you sort of have uh, lo-fi visuals and lo-fi music kind of like a throwback to the 80s or 90s and mm-hmm. uh, i would say this movie is a vaporwave movie because mm-hmm. it kind of happens in the 90s Mm-hmm. and it has a lot of those aesthetics going some of the shots are just wild like the yeah. shot composition is insane in this movie yeah it's super super visual and mm-hmm. um um you would even say like it's edited impeccably because as uh, things would happen in like on while you're on vacation shots just linger for too long things just keep going for longer than you think they would you feel like okay the scene's going to end here and no it goes on for another 10 even 15 seconds and you're just like left in that yeah sort of uncomfortable space and yeah. it's just paced really really well too nice. um this uh, movie kind of uh, reminded uh, i think you mentioned a sofia coppola movie yeah yeah so for me so yeah i haven't watched the movie yet uh, in fact we were discussing this right before our recording that i mm-hmm. i started watching the movie i watched like 15 20 minutes of it and i think i'll restart at some point cuz this movie deserves a proper one time you know sit down mm-hmm. uh, but from what i did watch it reminded me a lot of coppola's uh, sofia coppola's um, somewhere Uh, mm-hmm. which is also about this relationship between father and daughter father is like a an actor on a movie tour um, and and uh, the daughter is accompanying him on on this circuit uh, uh interview circuit and they also live in a hotel and at least the first 20 minutes seem like there's a lot of commonality there especially the way it's shot it's like very idyllic uh you mentioned vaporwave so that's also like kind of cool mm-hmm. um that that whole sub genre that exists and then the space that this movie exists in um yeah i have a feeling i'm going to end up liking this movie a lot um but um whether uh, whether it will elicit any sort of emotional response from me remains to be seen it seems okay. like it will i uh, think it will i was yeah. almost on the verge of tears towards the end and it's just like, i see oof yeah. pretty intense and yeah. Uh, yeah i guess this should come with a trigger warning <laughs> Uh okay cool then I will watch it uh when I'm slightly happy because I don't want to feel uh super depressed like I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Uh 5 out of 5 from me for this one. Nice. Yeah. And well I can't rate this cuz I haven't watched it but I have a feeling it will at least be a 3 and and up so there's an 8 there already. Uh, also while I was doing this I realized I screwed up the math on a previous <laughs> movie where I m- might have said 9.5 but I think we s- Our ratings, individual ratings, were four and four point five. So now I don't know if anyone should trust my math anymore. So it's okay. This is not a math podcast. Yeah, well, if you're looking for that, fuck off. Is what I have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but going. Yeah. Anyway, the... go watch After Sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, just just be aware of what you're uh, going into. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Moving on to slightly uh, more cheerful things, which are also short in like a super dreary way. <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> cheery things. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> if you watch After Sun and Batman, like back to back, I would say Batman is the more cheerful one. Yeah, of course, it is the most cheerful one. That's like saying if you watch, I don't know, like, a, uh, like Melancholia and, and then, I don't know, uh, what what is another happy movie? Give me a happy movie. Requiem for a dream. <laughs> Fuck you, oh man. But yeah, if you watch if if you watch Melancholia and uh, 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 Requiem for a Dream, I don't mm-hmm. actually yeah, I don't know which one is worse. But anyway, like coming back coming back to coming back to the Batman, the Batman. Yes, uh, our favorite uh, vampire boy is now the caped crusader looking over. Do you think Gotham. Do you think his past experiences as a bat person got him this job? I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do think that that his past experiences, uh, avoiding garlic sunlight, uh, a lot of pale, pale, you know, skin complexion because of the uh, because of this avoiding of sunlight were crucial in him landing this role. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, but he did mm-hmm. a good job with it. I really liked him as Batman. He was edgy, uh, which is what you would expect from a detective Batman series. Uh, someone who's like in year two year three of his uh sleuthing uh, mm-hmm. and uh, again impeccably directed matt reeves has an insane grasp of what makes uh, you know a good comic book movie uh, and a good batman movie more specifically yeah exactly yeah because we haven't seen this this young of a batman before and and what it does it it lays the groundwork for uh, him to grow as a character uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to start, uh, you know, at the end of uh, his his journey or towards the later stages of his journey where he's already a full-fledged Batman, so to speak, mm-hmm. like with Christian Bale and, and Christopher Nolan, where they started off, uh, or the jumping off point was where he already knew how influential he is and he's very comfortable in the skin of, mm-hmm. of, of the, uh, or being inside the suit. But uh, uh, Robert Pattinson is still learning the, the ropes and, and he... He does a he does a very good job. Um, uh, I don't know if you've watched or read the comics for uh, Batman Year One. Yeah, but this kind of reminded me of that because nice. uh, the story kind of uh, recounts Batman's first year as a crime fighter. Mm-hmm. So he's not like he hasn't just started, but he's not like two years yeah. to it yet. And yeah. uh, I saw some elements of that in this movie just because it wasn't an origin story, and neither was it like he's old at this point so it's mm-hmm. like he's gotten started but not too long ago yeah I, ha- I haven't seen it but like even as an independent viewer right like uh mm-hmm. the very first introduction of batman you you see that he has little to no restraint at this point which is what batman is generally known for he's known for a little bit of restraint compared to his other dc counterparts where he can hold back his rage and and in spite of the fact that he just might want to straight up kill someone or have good reason to, he does not. Like mm-hmm. even in the very first fight at the subway station, he's a bit more, uh, he's a bit more gruesome, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's a bit more uh, unrestrained in his in his in his uh, beating up of those thugs, mm-hmm. uh, and that that that's one. And the other thing that I really found interesting about the movie is like Matt Reeves lay, lays these. Be- he lays out this beautiful mesh of like political and, and financial corruption in the city and like just connects all the dots very very neatly and very uh, in a very uh, uh, nice uh, manner where you can build on that foundation for the next two three movies if there are 
like you know a couple of more movies yeah i'm pretty confident there's going to be at least a couple movies in the pipeline yeah. and like you mentioned the whole uh, griminess of gotham the crime yeah. the corruption and all of that was like done really really well in this as well uh my other favorite thing about this was that batman's actually doing like detective shit again yeah like he's not yeah. uh just like beating people up he's not a just a martial arts expert <laughs> he's actually yeah. like he earns the title of greatest detective in the world and yeah to me that is the character of batman i've been a batman fan since like i was very young so yeah the character is like very important to me and yeah. uh, i felt like this was this was a good homage to the character it was a good version of the character yeah no that's that's fair yeah you see more of him as a detective than you see him jumping off the cliff to the point where he the first time he actually jumps off the cliff he ends up injuring himself like that's oh, yeah. not those his, things <laughs> those scenes are like <laughs> unironically just hilarious kind of watching yeah. him put himself yeah. through that he like he knows he can survive it but like he doesn't know how to like stick yeah. the landing yet yeah and then and i'm hoping that he he'll get better and you see that sort of character arc as as you go forward speaking of other unironical uh and and funny things uh mm-hmm. Colin Farrell is also in this movie with an impeccable accent uh hey <laughs> it's me <laughs> Mario yeah no he's he's really funny it's 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 a bit it's a bit uh, exaggerated but uh, i don't know it works i guess um mm-hmm. and it's it's nice i i like this movie a lot i think it's a good uh, comic book adaptation it's uh, it's a fun take on a character that has been beaten to death in in the past and uh, which is I not think it's a right. step in the right direction for DC True. and Warner Brothers but True. we don't know what's going to happen with the yeah. reshuffle right now so yeah i i hope they give uh, Matt Reeves another chance like, yeah what i what i read last was that James Gunn like to the topic of Batman and and the the DC EU shuffle up uh, they did say that they're probably going to keep Reeves Batman as as one of the uh you know eight to 10 year project pipeline that they have mm-hmm. i hope that is the case and if that is the case that would be awesome um because i really like this version of batman uh, not to take away anything from nolan's batman but this is just a different take a very refreshing take on the character um yeah an amazing uh, and an amazing work by uh this guy um forget his name but uh, the guy who plays the riddler um Paul, Paul Dano. Dano, yeah, yeah, just just remembered, uh, yeah, he's insanely good. Uh, like, and then of course Barry Keoghan is in this as well, uh, teased as the Joker, or at least like one of the people who maybe maybe yeah, the Joker. We don't yeah, know for sure. Yeah, yeah, we don't know for sure. But again, amazing, amazing uh, cast, brilliantly acted, a very uh, zodiac vibe to it. And if you know me, uh, then you know that. David Fincher's Zodiac is like a 10 out of 10 for me. Like 10 out of five. yeah, it's a 11 out of 10 for me as a movie. Um mm-hmm. the Zodiac, yes, Akshay, are you an astrology girl? <laughs> yes. You know I have tarot cards. <laughs> I do know you have tarot cards. <laughs> oh, fuck you, you also have tarot cards. We bought them together. <laughs> yeah. I just outed on by the way. Um, I don't have them. They were a gift for someone, but okay. Uh sure. <laughs> Ame is just trying to be cool here, uh, but okay, cool. Uh, so Batman, Ame, final ratings. Final rating, I'm gonna give it uh, a three point five out of a five, just because it was too long towards the end. Uh-huh. I feel like could have been like at least uh, 
25 minutes shorter sure fair that's fair yeah, yeah. Uh, and in spite of the amazing cast i think I, this is the first time our ratings are going to match because even i feel like it was a bit just a tad bit more extended than it needed to be yeah um uh, 3.5 out of 5 yeah it's, it's a great movie 7 out of 10 watch 7 it. out of 10 we are pretty uh, <laughs> harsh critics i would say but uh, <laughs> that's that's a that's a scale it's okay we can blame our parents for for being this <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's fine uh, <laughs> moving okay. to the next movie on the list that we wanted to talk about oh, we boy. have uh, park chan wook's decision to leave mm-hmm. um so i'm going to let you open on this one akshansh what okay. uh, what are your initial thoughts on this and what's the movie about initial thoughts is if you can afford a movie subscription Mm-hmm. i think that's how it's pronounced or if you have amazon prime where you can buy it or if you can just you know video on demand it on on apple or amazon prime please do that because both ame and i watched this on uh, uh, less than yeah i ways yeah and and the subtitles were just fucking horrendous uh left a uh, lot to be desired yes and both of us had to open up like certain you know adjacent accompaniments to like figure out what this what is happening because it moves in... it moves really fast right yes yes it does and uh, okay so that's my first very first suggestion get a good streaming service in fact uh, the director himself has said that movie has the best uh, uh, sub english translation of the movie of this particular film till date uh, of the so movie it, yeah of the mo- movie has the best translation of the movie yes um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's 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 a great movie uh it's it's kind of funny that this is apparently his take on a romantic movie that's that what i think that's what he said in an interview <laughs> i mean um, if you if you go by his previous movies like old boy old boy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah well it, it makes sense but it's still it's still kind of hilarious that he thinks oh yeah this is a cute fun romantic movie you know just like something you go out on a date for with with your significant other and one watch um it's an amazingly directed movie some of the shots are absolutely unbelievable like they're so freaking good uh it it is very well un needless to say it is very well directed mm-hmm. it is very uh, fast paced uh, writing is crisp uh, or from whatever i could gather from the shitty subtitles i had it's very well written uh some incredibly uh, you know beautiful dialogues uh great actors yet again um i don't know their name i think tang wi is, is is the is the lead actress um uh, and she is just so unnerving like in the way she goes about doing her business in this movie is just like mm-hmm. uh, gives you you know the chills uh uh mr park i believe is is the person who uh, become who is the detective in the movie and he's again amazing in this Can we just movie. talk about how how dapper he is throughout the movie? He's oh yeah, like man, he's like this well dressed the yeah. whole movie. He's like in his little turtlenecks and fucking uh gigantic jackets. Yeah, yeah. Like he has the, the fashion in this movie is another thing that's amazing like <laughs> um and it, it's a, it's a I I don't know, is it a murder mystery? Is it romance? Is it uh, doomed relationships? Is it uh uh just you know is as, it uh, uh, romeo and juliet yeah i don't know i really don't know it's just like it's a, <laughs> it's one of those movies where you literally have trouble defining what it is this is again like banshee like i just cannot define what the fuck this is uh but what i can tell you is that you should watch it 
because it will definitely be something that you have not probably seen before it's definitely not a romantic movie you've seen before um but i think i kind of see where uh, he's saying that it's a romantic movie from it's uh-huh. it's kind of it is romantic like in yeah. the sense that they do share something that is uh, more than just friendship and mm-hmm. it feels at least to them very real and mm-hmm. um i don't know uh, even though it's like a forbidden love kind of situation i think that's probably a part of the appeal to that they're not supposed to be doing it from the perspective of the characters oh yeah for sure and 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 that is uh, i think I, i get that but like uh, it is a bit of a stretch in my opinion to call it a romantic movie because just because of the events of the movie yes, further on yes. and yes. and you know the most uh, romance i feel in the movie is actually uh, concentrated in the last 30 minutes so the, so the justification of him calling it a romantic movie for me is the last 30 minutes where he's like where you see them having more deep con- where, where there has been a separation already against spoiler alerts they have not seen each other for a while then they see each other for a while uh, and a lot of like uh, unpacking happens then and uh, the end of the movie arguably is the most romantic part of the movie it's it's again mm-hmm. tragic but it is the most romantic part of the movie uh, mm-hmm. i just thought of something very controversial and the ending kind of reminded me of uh-huh. uh, another uh, classic which uh, is doom 2 <laughs> fuck you <all>, man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think this is the ending that they were going for. Doom to. Uh yes, decision to leave landed it. Doom to did not. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think that's it. And that's all we have to say about the movie because there's nothing else and you can't talk that. Uh, oh no, but wait, having said that, I do want to also mention I have watched this movie called uh, Cure on uh, mm-hmm. Criterion channel. Uh, mm-hmm. uh it is it is like a Uh, i think i think the term to describe is is atmospheric crime movie uh, or atmospheric crime film um it i've i may have you watched it i did recommend that you that you watch it i feel like you did recommend it but i didn't get it out disappointed sorry father <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we'll we'll do our confession later this week but uh, no uh i it, it's it's a good double feature again i feel like that movie and this movie is is quite common in the sense that you have detectives who are either obsessed with the case or the mm-hmm. person um uh, who is the suspect of the case right um mm-hmm. and and both of them insanely well well made movies a cure is not a korean cure is i think a japanese movie um uh, uh, if you guys can watch it somehow that you should you should definitely what decision to leave decision to leave is obviously more uh, more uh, uh, accessible know, accessible more also like like in the, it's more modern it's more modern there's a lot of gadgetry involved in involved in the movie it's it's uh, it seems more contemporary uh, cure mm-hmm. is more of like a metaphysical take on crime uh, oof yeah it's it's a bit supernaturally inclined movie um uh, but it again like it doesn't it still seems very accessible which is why it's 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 sort of like a timeless movie so you can watch that as well um finally my my rating for decision to leave would be 4 out of 5 based on just the insanely well shot uh, sequences in the movie like there are just some cam the camera work the the cinematography and whoever the director of photography is like these people deserve 
nominations, awards, everything. Like it's very well made. Um, so yeah, four out of five. Definitely watch it. Definitely a four out of five from me as well. Amazing. And yeah, like you mentioned, some of the uh, atmospheric shots and just the surroundings where the movie happens yeah. are just really, really uh, stunning, stunning landscapes. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, that's all for decision to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is uh, what what is uh, a cool nickname for for a friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's the worst person in the world. Um, it's um, that's that's not me calling Ame. That's just just that's just uh, the name of the movie. <laughs> uh, Ame has watched this. I have not. Unfortunately, I do want to watch it, but I just couldn't get the time to. Uh, and this is not like even after Sun where I started watching the movie, so I have absolutely zero clue about this. Ame, do you want us to give us a quick uh, gist? Yeah, uh, I'm going to keep this one really brief because mm-hmm. I watched this a while ago and I think uh-huh. it came out a while ago too, but I just watched it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the worst person in the world is basically, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing his name, but Joachim uh, Trier's uh, Oslo trilogy. It's mm-hmm. the last one in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's essentially kind of uh, positioned as this happy-go-lucky romantic comedy sort of thing but Mm -hmm. it gets really real very early on and it it really subverts all the genres well-worn tropes like okay this guy is gonna sweep her off her feet and like they're gonna be happy forever after this and it's just like eventually she gets bored she gets bored of the relationship she gets tired and it just very human reactions to just life in general and uh I think it it gave like at least me this uh, interesting perspective on just how uh, other people our age are uh, dealing with life and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of millennial angst that we have kind of internalized. Mm-hmm. Um, just dealing with your love life, with career, and just not knowing, just the uncertainty of everything. Huh. This seems like a fun watch. Oh yeah, it was definitely a fun watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely recommend it too. Um, <laughs> it's surprisingly funny in parts. Uh, it does the rom-com things well too. Okay. But the subject matter is just so good that it's like it, it rises above just being gotcha. a, a, a rom-com. Yeah. I see. Do you, do you think it's the best of the trilogy? I haven't actually watched any of the other ones. I see. I see. But do, do you do you imagine like in I guess could you imagine a movie better than this in the trilogy? Probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd love to go check those out at some nice. point. Yeah. Maybe we should do, maybe we should watch all the three and like then do a, a more extended session on, on the trilogy itself. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what is your final rating for this one? Amar? My final, final rating for this would be a 4.5. Nice. Damn. That's, that's, really, that's really good. yeah, that's, that means you all need to watch it because uh, Mr. Carpe has said it's a 4.5. So mm-hmm. chop, chop people. Moving on to the next couple of things, which Yow. I think we've already talked about yeah. more in depth. Yao and um, Maverick. For the benefit of listeners who don't know what Yao is, <laughs> it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. And the second movie is uh, Top and Maverick, yeah. starring everyone's favorite Scientologist. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all we need to say here. Uh, <laughs> please watch Everything Everywhere all at once. It's a five out of five from me. It is... It is an essential watch for anyone who is uh, from the Asian subcontinent. Uh, and it's an essential watch for anyone in general. Uh, it's 
beautifully made generational trauma is how I let's go <laughs> let's get it uh yeah it's, it's a lot of generational trauma it's it's a good reconciliation of that with what the new generation needs and wants uh and to, presented in uh fun and wacky sci-fi lens. yeah yeah without without taking away anything like the fact that i i yeah just at the expense of oversharing i guess like i did cry at the end of the movie like full on bald how dare you Shansh? how dare you share that? i'm sorry y'all. i'm going through a rough patch it's fine i'm going i'll talk about it in therapy <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it, it was a it, it's a really good movie five out of five again uh eao uh or everything everywhere all at once uh 4.5 out of 5 for top gun maverick uh because i don't know i guess points point 0.5 deducted for being for for some scientology crap scientology related reasons yeah but as, again both are insanely good movies couldn't be fantastic any, movies yeah couldn't be any different but and go listen to our episodes talking yes. about each of them we have full episodes on each of these movies yes please cool i think that uh, pretty much brings us to the end of our list which will uh, now be focusing some sweeteners some desserts yeah, some yeah. light the fine the final course as as the they would say course. on the menu yeah yep before uh, they murder everyone <laughs> yes uh, uh, oops spoiler alert oops. yep uh, yeah so now we're going to talk about turning red and uh, guillermo del toro this Toros. movie about communism actually which one turning red I don't think so bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a push man. But yeah, also we're going to talk about Guillermo del Toro's uh what is it? Uh Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, the boy with the nose. <laughs> um <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's... You think all other boys don't have noses? Okay. I don't know. I mean, that's his one feature, right? Like Uh-huh. Like you you know when when we talk about Pinocchio, like you got to talk about his nose. Like people be talking about Pinocchio and they're like, "Oh, the boy with the nose." Mm-hmm. um can't, can't anyway turning red <laughs> okay turning red turning red is an amazing movie i watched it surprisingly on a flight we up uh, you can laugh about this summer because we were discussing how everyone watches turning red on a flight uh, oh, yeah. but we watched it because i've watched people watch it on a flight I but i haven't watched it on a flight. i see so we when uh, my, uh, nandita and i watched it on a flight and uh, it was uh, to a wedding earlier in the year it was an amazing movie uh, how was the wedding wedding was amazing too uh as good as the movie hmm maybe yes maybe even more so okay uh but the movie uh really nice insane representation very very culturally appropriate and relevant and i think the movie set in toronto right yeah how have i not watched it yeah it's kind of weird you should be watching this yeah i should watch it failed you failed as a failed as a what what is it people from toronto what, what are they called i would rather not say <laughs> please is it a, is it a toony is it a, a oney i don't know what the kind of stupid ass <laughs> names you guys come up with no the, neither of those those are names for money yeah because two that sounds real sorry what $1 is loony loony oh my god yeah. it's like it's like you want it's people like to make loony. fun yes. of the country oh yeah 100% eh, that's fine it's like having a goofy cousin it's like mm-hmm. canada's like the goofy cousin in north america mm-hmm. Yeah, the goofy French cousin. French cousin, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Anywho, a uh, great movie set in Toronto, uh, with uh, an Asian family at the at the. What is in, the the, what is the two two sentence pitch? Two sentence pitch. Hmm. Let's see. Um, a a coming of age movie, 
about how adolescence can be kind of challenging especially for young girls uh young uh girls in the asian community um and how uh, having a good friend circle and a good support system uh not just with, not just with friends but with family can you know help you out uh, in, in in the longer run and how how healthy it is um mm-hmm. that would be my two sentence pitch i guess if it was two sentence um yeah i don't know i wasn't keeping track but uh, good pitch thanks <laughs> what about you oh wait you haven't watched this yet right i have not watched no mind uh, okay so let me read the movie so we can move on to the final one which is pinocchio uh let's see turning red since it's a disney pixar collaboration and generally disney does override a lot of the it, it is disney pixar right uh, turning red i believe so yeah so since it's a disney pixar movie i generally tend to feel that um, uh, disney sort of becomes kind of formulaic with most of the shit they do in animation mm-hmm. um, this isn't that this is a bit different uh, a bit off the beaten path and just for that i'll give it a 4 out of 5 Uh, mm-hmm. which is probably the highest ever rating i've given to any disney movie so yeah <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting yeah what about pinocchio man the boy with the nose the boy with the nose the little wooden uh, puppet who yes. wants to be a real boy yeah um it's so weird though there's been so many pinocchio movies this year oh yeah there's the other one with uh, i want to say tom hanks i think so yeah and uh, it's just interesting we're going through something of a pinocchio renaissance <laughs> pinocchio song pinocchio song pinocchio song i don't know whatever something yes that <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely um, uh, pinocchio wars happening where different studios are lining up to make these amazing so, like, just pinocchios yeah. from different universes yeah. coming together <laughs> like it. into this spider-verse type situation. Yeah. I wouldn't be <laughs> surprised. Pinocchio-verse. If, yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Pinocchio-verse this this year where they like just start releasing <laughs> random Pinocchio movies. Uh, hey, anyway, but good good for Hammer Model Toros. Yeah. Pinocchio. Um, yeah. I actually really like Guillermo as a director because mm-hmm. he does a lot of uh, interesting takes on just sort of like uh, monster and adjacent properties where it's yeah. like oh just because someone looks bad they're not necessarily like an evil person kind uh-huh. of thing which uh, i think he's kind of made a good niche for himself uh-huh. out of and uh, if he keeps uh, making movies like this where just like he takes the outsider character and humanizes them in a really nice way mm-hmm. um that's just a very cool way to tackle the sort of fantasy genre and he does that with pinocchio as well mm-hmm. he actually takes uh, this very interesting stop motion animation style and it looks fantastic it looks really really great uh, it's very high quality mm-hmm. and he puts an interesting spin on the uh, original pinocchio story is it is it a gritty remake it is not a gritty remake <laughs> the songs are really nice too nice but uh, it is kind of i guess sort of a gritty remake because there's a <laughs> section in this where the whole thing happens while uh, uh italy is being ruled by a dictator you know the one oh um and modi uh, <laughs> no the other one <laughs> um hmm. i don't know yogi adityanath <laughs> okay yeah, i don't think they were around in italy at that point during world war 2 mm-hmm. but um yes uh 
Pinocchio, there's there's a section in the yeah. movie where Pinocchio has to train under the youth wing of the fascist ah, party, and fun. that's just it's it's done so well. It's <laughs> his choices in life are either going to war mm-hmm. or uh, becoming a showman puppet, and uh, the way nah, it weaves these elements, like from the yeah. normal story, yeah, into more contemporary, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, different elements which weren't originally in the story yeah while uh, still keeping it kind of fantastical and uh, honestly just really really monster friendly i want to say mm-hmm. that's 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 a phrase yeah yeah it is a phrase <laughs> yeah. because i would describe uh, Guillermo del Toro's movies as very like, monster friendly yeah no for sure yeah, but that, yeah. that's that's a choice though like to choose to having to choose between like I guess being in the army or like being a wooden puppet but you, like, you know he wasn't a real boy for very long so what does he know yeah fuck him yeah so yeah it, it's kind of this uh, fish out of water yeah. alien among people yeah. kind of thing yeah but uh, it's very very well done mm-hmm. very technically sound yeah. really pretty movie and uh, I would say it's my favorite animated movie of the year. Nice. That's... Yeah. No, I don't watch a lot of animated uh-huh. movies as it is, but this was really nice. I will give it four out of five stars. Nice. I mean, th- that's again, that's that's high praise. And and I mean, at no point while you were describing the movie, could I have guessed that this is the plot of the movie or this is what's happening right? and what's coming next. So like, yeah, this sounds exciting. I might actually end up watching it now. I think it's on Netflix as well. It is? I believe oh, so. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I think I'll check it out. Uh, I, I I, believe it wasn't on my list. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> have watched it, but just because I heard you talk about it, I think I'll watch it now. My thing with uh, Del Toro is that he might take on like a movie that's been made a hundred times, mm-hmm. but when he does it, he'll try to put at least some kind of interesting spin on it mm-hmm. that kind of fits into the way he makes us look at his characters. So. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Fun. Yeah, no, it sounds sounds uh, sounds good. And then four out of five. So that means you have to watch it, people. Uh, it's on Netflix, seemingly. So please check that out. Uh, that's an easy Peace one. In Canada, I think. Yeah. I see. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I hope I hope Americans have also sort of you know figured it out here and it's available. But if it's not, I'm sure I'll manage. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, cool. So that I think brings us to the end of this list and. Uh, this episode yeah and this episode it's been fun going through all of the movies and can't wait to get your feedback uh you could when whenever this episode comes out please uh share your thoughts on you know what you felt uh is something that we might have excluded what are some of the movies that you enjoyed that we probably missed out yeah Uh, uh yeah and with that uh, we are back uh this episode is going to be a long one so whenever you strap in uh Brace yourself. It's going to be fun. We're going to go through a lot That's of movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> cool. Uh, on that note, uh, Happy New Year again to everyone. And please check out our podcast. Uh, there are other episodes there as well about a bunch of different shit. Uh, we will be back again soonly. Bye.